0: In the Dialogue of the Phaedo, there's a brief discussion of two of the virtues, actually in conjunction with two of the other virtues, and Socrates is going to distinguish between our ordinary way of looking at courage and temperance, and the philosophical way of doing so. He'll actually go so far as to say that it's only the philosophers who genuinely are courageous or temperate, and we'll see why in just a moment. Before that, though, let's think about what it means in a very broad senses to, to talk about a person as having courage or exhibiting courage and having temperance or moderation, is often how we would put it control, self control. What do we mean when we say those terms? Often we'll talk about courage as involving doing something, even though you're afraid, we, you know, we've got these truisms. The courageous person, the brave person, it's not that they're not afraid at all, it's that they overcome their fear. These are the sorts of things that we say in our culture, and that's what they said in, in Greek culture around the time of Plato as well. So it involves acting, and the action could be standing fast, you know, not necessarily going somewhere and doing something, but staying where, where you are acting despite one's fears going out and doing something in the face of that which could be terrifying that which could be worrisome courage could involve the battlefield it could involve going to talk to some girl you know when you're feeling kind of shy i remember when i was in Ninth grade, entering high school, it was a big thing to call a girl on the phone, and, and I think for many people nowadays, that wouldn't be anything at all. But then, you know, by the time that I was a junior, I was an old hand at this sort of thing, but there were other things that I was afraid of as well. And it, it took doing things to, to overcome that trepidation that I had. So courage, we've got an ordinary common sense notion of it. It's not the same thing as like not having any fear, always, you know, jumping into danger. That's a little bit too far, but it's not cowardice. Cowardice is when you, you don't stand up to fears and you let your fears master you and dominate you. What about temperance? Sophrosyne in, in Greek, uh, which we can translate as moderation or self-control. It's understood as being control over one's desires for physical pleasures, so for eating, for drinking, for intoxication, for comfort, for sex. These are the sorts of things that comprise Temperance. I think that we could, you know, in Plato's world, we could probably, if we were to bring him up to date, we could probably say, you know, watching TV all day that would be an example of intemperance or a lack of self-control. That could fit in there as well. You know, loving spectacles, loving things for the eyes. So we have a, a, a commonsensical understanding of these. And notice that I put that these involve not just a pattern of action. If we say that somebody's courageous, we can tell them to act in a certain way consistently. There's a pattern to their their behavior. There's a, there's a structure. There's a kind of schema there of how they're going to react. It also involves having the right kind of desire or desire, as I put here. But it also involves, at least for Plato, some kind of knowledge or reasoning process. Now, that's an addition on Plato's part that isn't necessarily there in other people's conception of virtue. But that's going to be very important for Plato, as we're going to see. So if we think about it in terms of a reasoning process, we can ask, why is a person courageous, or why is a person temperate? What is the structure of their motivation? And that's a matter partly of desires, that's a matter partly of of reasoning. So the affective and the cognitive come together in that respect. Now, why are most people courageous? What is it that they want? What's the thing that they are actually trying to to attain or to avoid? What's at risk? What's at play? What's the value that's at stake in acting courageously? Well, if somebody behaves courageously on the battlefield, if they think that death is a bad thing, and most people do think that death is a bad thing, why are they risking death? Eh, You know, we could come up with a couple candidates. could be to protect others. I'm going to go to war because my homeland is being threatened. I don't want my wife and children to be at risk of, you know, ancient Greek warfare is pretty brutal. Sometimes conquered cities, the wife would become a, a slave. Little babies would be killed. I mean, read, read the Iliad. Children would become slaves as well. Who knows what would happen to them? So, you know, there's the need to protect others. We could say the same thing about those who engage in protection, you know, more locally against criminals, against fire, against disasters. But what else? Why Why else is a person risking their life? Well, it could be in order to get something out of it. A thief can be kind of courageous. They're daring. Why? Because they want to they make some money. They want to get some resources. Could be, you know, pursuing physical pleasure as well. The one that Plato focuses on the most, fear of dishonor. This is not Athens, but the same sort of mentality was Quite prevalent in Athens. A Spartan mother told her son, come home with your shield or on your shield, meaning being born dead on your shield as sort of the stretcher that they would carry you along with. Don't throw away your shield, which is what you would do if you had to run away, right? Because you have this big heavy thing that's weighing you down. Come home with your shield because you stood fast and fought at the battle or on your shield dead as somebody who wasn't dishonored. Now Plato says This is not really genuine courage. As a matter of fact, it's courage in a way, but it's also cowardice in a way. So courage, the way that most people have it, the way that most people exhibit it when they do have it or exhibit it, is really a mixture of itself and its opposite, courage and cowardice. Now, how can that be? Well, they stand up against fear because they have other fears that they're more concerned with. And he doesn't worry so much about protecting others. That could be an interesting counterexample to this. But he says, if you're afraid of being dishonored, if you're afraid of what other people are going to say, so you're out there, even though you're scared of dying... The philosopher actually isn't afraid of dying because he does, he understands death is not a bad thing. But if you're like an ordinary person, you're out there afraid of dying, afraid of the pain that's going to happen when somebody shoves a spear through you or hacks you with an axe and leaves you for dead as you bleed out, and you're willing to take that risk because you're even more afraid of what they're going to say if you come home without your shield. You're a coward. You're just a courageous coward. You're a mix, an interesting mix. The philosopher, he says is going to exhibit courage, but not because he's worried about gain or honor or, or those sorts of things. What about temperance, self-control? It's probably a good thing if we don't eat more than we ought to or if we don't seek out super rich foods. We live in an environment today where there's all sorts of dangers lurking. and That's why we, so many of us are obese, you know, in Western society. And it's actually starting to hit the third world. As the third world becomes more prosperous, many of them become obese. Because the foodstuffs that we have are super tasty, super abundant, calorie rich, fat rich. Even the, the fat-free things are probably not particularly good for you because they bring about you know other issues as well. Temperance would mean not going to the buffet. Cause what happens when you go to the buffet? Well you want to eat more, right? It would also mean saying no to seconds. It would mean keeping portion size to a reasonable amount. It would mean probably eating tasty food, but not going nuts about it where you need to squander a lot of money on exotic ingredients or you know the absolutely freshest things flown in from Peru. We could say the same thing for all sorts of other bodily pleasures as well. Do you need, I don't know how high thread count can go, but let's say, that, I don't know, maybe there's a thousand thread count sheets. Do you really need that? Or is the cheap sheets pretty much about the same level? I remember the first time I actually slept on good sheets. First time in my life, because I was staying with somebody who cared about that sort of thing. And it did feel nice. There was a difference. But that's not the sort of difference that your life should revolve around. You got to keep these things in check. You got to keep them in moderation, the, the ancient Greeks thought. Nothing too much. What else? Sex, we can talk about that. We can talk about taking intoxicants. You shouldn't drink too much alcohol. shouldn't drink too much coffee. If you're a coffee addict like I am, I'm actually in the process of cutting back from two pots a day to one pot a day. That's rough going because I'm not particularly temperate. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. Why do people exhibit temperance? What's the reason? What is it that they're trying to get out of that? Is it that they do it because that's the thing to do and it's just a good thing in and of itself? That's not the reason why most people are temperate or moderate. It's so that they can enjoy other pleasures. I should subject my body to exercise and you know pay attention to my diet so I can be healthy, so I can live longer and enjoy more pleasures. Or I should do that, you know and I should work out, here's a great example. When I was in my senior year of high school, and then for a little bit after that, I used to do some pretty extensive endurance lifting workouts. And I would do that for anywhere from like two to three hours a day most days. And I would go to the Y, because the Y was where the serious lifters went. I knew guys who would go to the Y, they would do their real workout, and then they would go to one of the other health clubs. Back then it was Vic Tanny was the big one. And what would they do there? Pick up women. They wouldn't actually do a real workout there. They'd like pretend to work out. Why were they doing all of this painful activity? So they could get dates. So they could enjoy other pleasures, intimacy, sex, all those sorts of things. So Socrates is saying that if you're giving up pleasures, if you're being moderate just so that you can enjoy other pleasures, similarly with courage, there's actually some intemperance. There's a lack of self-control to your self-control. It's not pure. It's mixed. It's being done for the sake of its opposite. Only the philosopher is truly temperate. Now, I'm going to erase some of this stuff here and put in Socrates at his own answer about this. He says, what actually calls the shots in these cases? Wisdom. Now, wisdom is another one of the virtues for Socrates. And so you have one virtue that sort of is the architectonic virtue for the others. He says that when it comes down to it, there's only one currency for which all these tokens of ours should be exchanged, and that is wisdom. In fact, it's wisdom that makes possible courage and self-control. And he goes on further and says, And it also makes justice, or in a word, true goodness. And the presence or absence of pleasures, or fears, or other such feelings makes no difference at all. Whereas morality that's based on emotional values is a mere illusion. A thoroughly common conception, which has nothing sound in it and nothing true. The true moral ideal, whether self-control, or justice, or courage, the real thing, is a sort of purification. A purgation from these emotions. Wisdom is itself a purification that's that's required for that. So what does wisdom consist in? Being freed from concern with pleasures, pains, emotions in general, and desiring the good solely for the sake of the good. A different kind of desire. Desiring to be a courageous person, that is a person whose response to danger and to fearful things is actually guided by wisdom, guided by knowledge of what truly is fearful and what isn't really fearful, what the point of of genuine action and, and courage is. Likewise for temperance, temperance is really governed by, for the philosopher, wisdom otherwise it's really intemperance disguised as temperance and you may in fact be able to develop a habit of resisting alcohol or cigarettes or sex but you're doing it just for the sake of something else with respect to which you're not self-controlled with respect to which you're intemperate so this is what socrates says courage and temperance really are In themselves the true forms of them not the stuff that we see in ourselves not the stuff that the common conception has so only the philosopher truly has these virtues special thanks to all of my patreon supporters for making this podcast possible you can find me on twitter at philosopher 70 on youtube at the gregory b sadler channel and on facebook on the gregory b sadler page